0: Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Uh, we've been going through a uh, the, the sermon series pretty much uh, on Advent and looking at kind of the major themes of Advent. The first... Advent. Um, Advent literally is expectant waiting. But what we've kind of figured out is, is that we, we aren't really waiting for the birth of Jesus. It's already happened. And so what does the Advent season mean for us as we're expectantly waiting these, these themes of hope and of joy and of peace and of love? And today we get to look at Jesus and I think... Today is probably one of the fun has been one of the funnest ones for me because of the scripture we're going to read today in, in John chapter 1. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, how Jesus is the bridge to all of those four themes we're looking at, at hope and joy and, and peace and love. But today I want to focus specifically on Jesus himself. And so we light the last candle to remind us as we're going on today to think about just Jesus. You know, last week I mentioned to you that, uh, man, I've, I've been, tri- I tried as much as I possibly could to separate love and Jesus and just look at love and, and how that's God's character. And so today we are going to just as much as we possibly can focus on Jesus and who He is. And so today might be a little bit, um, a little bit heavier in terms of um, in terms of like some theological issues and different things like that, but I, I think it'll be lots of fun for us this morning. And so um, would you read this piece of scripture with me and then, uh, and then we'll pray? It's First uh, John chapter one and we're going to go through verse 18, 1 through 18. And here's what it says. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through Him. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell them about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Somebody is coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is God himself is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we look into this word, would we see your Son not just simply a baby in a manger this Christmas, but would we see the attributes of him? Would we understand just a little bit more the uniqueness of Jesus Christ? And God, would we open up our hearts to your word this morning? We love you. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So there's this... Um, Nickelback song, and I can't believe I just said that I listened to Nickelback. That's really, yeah, one strike against them. They're from Canada, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sorry, Colleen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's this Nickelback song called Saving Me. And uh, if you've ever watched the music video of this, there's, there's all these people in New York, and they're walking around, and they have this little timer over their heads, and it's just clicking down to the time in which it's inevitable that they're going to die. And in this song, he talks about, hey, if it's worth saving me, wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to try? And so at, at one point, you know, this guy, he, um, he sees that this lady is about to is her time is about to run out, and so he sees all these things going on, and he pushes her out of the way from oncoming traffic, or maybe a piano falling down. I can't quite remember. I don't want to say I remember it. So anyway, um, but uh, he said, "Man, if if it's if I'm worth saving, why don't you save me?" And this week, as we were looking at um, Jesus in our studies, I I just really started to realize that. Jesus' whole point in coming was to save us. If it's worth saving, wouldn't you save me? Jesus' whole intent and purpose to come to earth is to die. Colleen, at the uh, last week's um, kind of... Carolyn Knight, she read this article by john piper and the whole point is is that you cannot have christmas without also thinking about easter and vice versa they cannot be separated we cannot look at the birth of jesus and go oh that's super cute and not think about the whole intent of him coming for one simple purpose and it's to die for us Last week I mentioned something. I said that uh, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. And that is true. They were kicked out of the garden. But it was from an act of a loving God. You see, would it be so loving if Adam and Eve could just live in the garden for the rest of their life and just keep on eating from the tree of life? Completely separated from God for all eternity. Or is it better that God would say, I am so holy, you cannot be around me. I need you to be kicked out so you have a chance of being back with me. Now that seems a bit more loving to me than a God who would just let people still stay in a garden and live completely without him for the rest of their lives. So when we look at Jesus, Jesus is the answer to saving us. As soon as we are out of the garden, as soon as we are separated from God, and now we have a finality of guess what? We die. There is a problem that needs to be solved. There is a sin problem that needs to be reconciled with God. And God has this whole plan all along. There was once a statement that um, I read talking about Jesus came at the exact right time. If he came any sooner, there wouldn't have been stuff in the world that would have been able to receive him. The world wouldn't have been set up where the news couldn't spread as easily. And if he came any later, it just would have been drowned out. Think of if Jesus came today absolutely drowned out by everything that's going on. I'm shocked I had put this um, this is complete side note, rabbit trail, just to let you know. I put this um, timer on my phone to see how much screen time I'm actually using on my phone a day. And it just gave me the message today because it's set for Sundays. And, and it just popped up this morning. I said, hey, your screen time is up 12% this week you're now at three hours and 42 minutes of screen time a day. That's shocking to me. Just think if God were to come to the world today, but he didn't. God came at the exact right moment to solve a problem that we had, which was a complete separation from God but not as a punishment, but as a blessing to us. And so there's a few things that we need to understand about Jesus this morning as we unpack this verse, and John is one of the best ones to do that. In fact, actually, a lot of us would look at it and go, man, why does two of the other three Gospels have a birth story? and Well, why does two have a birth story and two don't? This is John's birth story. It just so happens to begin in the beginning. Speaking of that, do you know what the Bible's favorite sport is? Baseball. Because it was all in the beginning. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, thought you would love that, but nope. <laughs> uh, starts in the beginning. It's him saying this is the birth story of Jesus. In fact, actually, it's not really a birth story, though, because Jesus has always been, and we're going to get into that in in just a second. But the parallels here between John talking about Jesus and the very beginning of the Bible is incredible. Genesis 1:1. In the beginning, the earth was formless and void. Sorry, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. This is crazy here. I'm just going to let you know something. When we were reading in Luke, remember, the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary and created Jesus, the human being. We have right here in the beginning the Spirit of God hovering over the surface of the water. It's the exact same wording. God, Jesus, was there. Need you to understand, because I'm still trying to grasp this. And I know that I'm pointing, it seems like I'm pointing fingers, but I'm not. But I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this is the problem I have with being separated from God. And the plan that God had in the beginning. And so as we unpack this piece of scripture today, I I want you to look at John chapter 1 as a birth story. As a story of how God already had a plan from The foundations of the earth, and so I I want to um, just talk about four attributes that you uh, and I need to grasp this Christmas season about who Jesus is. And the first one, if you're taking notes with me, is this: is that Jesus Christ is eternal. That Jesus Christ is eternal. He has no beginning, and he has no end. Jesus Christ is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. John 1, 1 1 through 2 says, In the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. There was this, uh, John wrote his book seventy. Uh, in about 70 AD, so all the other gospels were already written. And there was this uh, idea from a lot of philosophers out there that, uh, that the world existed because of some sort of word out there, that something was divinely making the earth do what it was supposed to do. Somehow the sun knew when to rise and when to set. The moon knew when to come up. The stars knew when to shine. Uh, Weather patterns were happening. Hey, there were growing seasons. There were not growing seasons. Man, everything had a plan. When they looked at everything, they said, this has to be planned. There has to be something out there governing it. And this word was called what some of the philosophers uh, would call just a logos, Just this word out there that governed all these things. And John, in this time, decides guess what? I'm going to confront that right now that Jesus is this word. That Jesus is the one that has always been, and everything that is happening is because he's this word. He's always been. There was never a beginning for him, and there will never be an end for him. Try to wrap your mind around this. We have no clue the vastness of the eternality of Jesus Christ. He has experienced everything. He has seen everything. (laughs) And in him is where we find a beginning in ourselves. But he does not have a beginning. And in the same way, he will have no end. And because (laughs) you have that, he has the ability to offer that to us. A.W. Tozer says it like this, he, this one's a, a crazy one, it's uh, from his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, and he says, the mind looks backward in time until dim past vanishes, then turns and looks into the future, till thought and imagination collapse from exhaustion, and God is at both points unaffected by either Time marks the beginning of created existence. And because God never began to exist, it can have no application to him. Began is a time word and can have no personal meaning for the high and lofty one that inhabits inhabits eternity. If he's always been eternal... Think of the vastness of Jesus Christ. Think of the power that is at his fingertips. Think of the knowledge that he has. Think of the things that he can create that you can't create. And then realize that at the foundation of everything, he is there. This is what separates us from a lot of the the thinkers that are out there. They believe that Jesus was created by God first. There's many religions that are based on that. They don't believe that Jesus has always been. There are some that try to take this and maybe twist it a little bit. But in this first verse, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. Some verses say, in the beginning, the Word was created. And the word was a God. No, (laughs) this right here is telling us he's always existed. He was not created and then created something. Which is huge for us. Because if that's the truth, then that means that maybe, just maybe, and it's not a maybe... It's true that he is God. A second point in this whole entire uh, scripture is that then if he is God and everything is created through him, then that means that Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the creator and all things were made by him. In verse 3, we see that God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Can you you see this in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, and God spoke the word and it happened. He just spoke it and it came into existence. This is what it means when it says that God created through him. If he is the word then that means that when God spoke it, it was created. Why is this important that God is the creator? And, and, I, and I keep going back to this. I'm like, why, that Jesus is the creator. And why do I keep going back to it is because of this. Is because if we take anything and make Jesus smaller than who God is, I don't know if he can solve the problem of us being separated from God. He has to be God to solve that problem. He has to be co-equal. He has to be co-eternal. He has to be co-existent with God. He has to be God. He has to, want to be the one that creates. And that means that if he created everything, means he knows everything intimately as well. He knows you completely. He doesn't have to sit there at a coffee table and spend hours getting to know who you are. He already sees the time-ticking time bomb above your head. He knows the hours, minutes, what's happening. He knows everything. And better yet, to me also, He knows your heart. He's intimately involved in you. His thoughts about you are greater than you could ever imagine. And so if he is the creator, and he is, then that means that he is intimate with all of his creation. That means that we can trust and that we can know that he has our best interest at hand. He is working to solve what's going on with us. He doesn't leave us stranded. He is simply sitting there going, I'm right here. And we're going to talk a little bit more as we, as we go down into here. Why we seem to not respond to that. And If he knows you, and he knows what we're dealing with, and he knows our problems that means that he can step in to those problems, that he can show us a way in which he already had a plan, which means he decided to become like one of us. He empties his infinite power, wisdom, knowledge, all of that sort of stuff and comes and is born in a humble manger. He says, I want to become like you, to be able to free you because I know what's going on in your life. I'm involved in what's happening. Which brings us to our next point in this piece of scripture, which is Jesus Christ is the source of life. Nothing remains alive apart from him. Jesus is the source of life and nothing remains alive apart from him. He says it to his followers. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A lot of people just go, "Oh well, I assume that's what it means that, like, I can live for eternity. Then, like, you'll give me life for that. You'll give me the water that allows me to live for eternity. What kind kind of life is that now? When he says that, he's saying, right now, I give you life as well, not for some distant, far off dream that we have." Jesus is saying you have hope, you have joy, you have peace, and you have love right now. He says it over and over again. He says, he says the kingdom of God is near. It's right now. And that's what expectant waiting is because we also know that it's not fully. We also understand that it, it can't be fully here until he sets up his kingdom permanently. And he is allowing everything, everybody he possibly can to come to the light. When you read, when you read those verses four, through actually it's it's through verse 13. He says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Then in verse 10 he says, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. There's, a, there's this Greek word for recognize, and, and it's more overpowering. It's more take control. It's more of a I want that for my life. Not recognize him in terms of, uh, man, I just didn't know he was the Messiah. Or I didn't know that. No, they didn't take hold of the power that he was showing Man, in this alone, John the Baptist is telling tons of people, come and repent, the, the, the kingdom of God is here. Repent, like cleanse yourself. And then Jesus comes along and he baptizes Jesus and this, and this dove ascends upon him. This, this word recognized, I think, is a little weak, but it's also the perfect word because, first of all, taking hold of God, they just ignored Jesus. But this other point is they didn't recognize the weight of what's going on in their world. They don't recognize what's really going on in God's whole entire plan. The separation that we have from God. The hopelessness we have apart from God. But then he said he came into his own people, and even they, did, even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. If you haven't noticed, this is, this is the fifth time in this sermon series that in all of these advents, when you have these characteristics, you're considered children of God. You're considered children of God. We are alive because Jesus Christ has come. And the thing we don't realize, and it's, and it's a joke with some of my friends, but Jesus' principal teaching was this. That with Jesus you can do all things, and without him... Everything you touch will come to nothing. It's not all things in terms of, hey, I'm going to jump off this building and I can do all things and fly. No, it means that we can live the life that God had already created for us because he is the source of life for us. And we can come back into right standing and understand what's really going on in our lives But it doesn't stop there. If Jesus is the source of life, then, then the last one is this, that Jesus, though fully human, reveals the Father fully. So not only do we have this Jesus who has always been in eternity and that he's been the creator of all things and decides that he comes to us in an earthly form and he becomes the source of life for us, he not only becomes the source of life for us, but he reveals the Father for us. If you want to know what God is like, then all you have to do is look into Jesus. Verse 14 says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testifies about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance... We have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. God doesn't remain abstract anymore. He's not somebody who who is an unloving person who kicked us out of a garden. That's actually not it. That is a God that through Jesus we can see that he has a plan. He's no longer speaking through visions or dreams or a bush in this story or an angel. No, he came in a person. And Jesus is revealing God to us. So where are you today if you're without this Jesus? You're completely separated from God. Our expectant waiting is this, is that those of us who are believers are sitting here going, we have hope for the future. And so in the time being while we're here, Jesus gives us joy And peace, and that as the love of Christ is shown, the world will know what God's plan is for us. Our expectant waiting for those of us who may not have Jesus is to go, I I need this to be true. I need Jesus to be who he is, because if that's the truth, then he has everything under control. And that where I'm at today doesn't have to be where I'm at tomorrow. And during our Christmas Eve service, that's what we're going to look at a little bit is that Christ is the bridge to all these things. But today I want to sit and worship Jesus as much as we possibly can. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we're going to sing the song, um, You Are My King. But as we were looking at this uh, song, I was reminded of this amazing video that uh, man, explains Jesus incredibly well. So I want you to watch this video and realize, I, I don't like that word realize, I hope that you can watch this video to see that God, that Jesus has a plan and he's always been there and he, he's not leaving us alone. And that through the birth of Jesus was ultimately the birth of dying so that we could have life.
1: So it's absolutely important that we, we get this because this is a foundational truth. This is what separates us from people that might stray a little bit from Christianity to make their own religion. Um, and so I wanna, I wanna go back to the beginning here in Genesis. Um, I'm in the NIV, so you don't have to, I'm just gonna read this. You don't have to put it up on the screen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we got that part. We got that part. The next three words are absolutely important. The next three words, starting in verse 3. And God said. And God said. He spoke. In youth group, I I get a little silly sometimes, and and what I do is, God, I think I've done it up here before. God, God breathed into existence, you, me, all of creation, sunsets, sunrises, the moon, stars, galaxies, things we're never even gonna see. God created with his word. And so verse three, and God said, verse six, and God said, verse nine, and God said, verse 14, and God said, verse 20, and God said, verse 24, and God said, verse 26, then God said. So then, then we move to John. In the beginning was The word. There was no beginning to, to this. It's, 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 it's eternal. And so this is the beginning of God creating, but, but Jesus was already there. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then we skip down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We need to understand that Jesus wasn't a creator or wasn't a created thing. He is the creator. The creating, the create, the create. He is it. And as we combine it with his He's peace. He's hope. He's love. Let's pray. Lord, Your word is amazing. The little, little, literal word we have in front of us in, in the Bible. Lord, this is the, the same word you created with. This is the same word that became flesh. This is the same word that died for us. This is the same word that will save us. Lord, I pray that we can, in our feeble little minds, that we could understand your amazing plan just a little bit more. Your amazing love your amazing sacrifice. Lord, may we glorify you each and every day as we try to understand all that you've done for us, all that you're doing for us, and all that you will continue to do for us. That we aren't helping you in any manner, Lord, we're just coming alongside you in this great, masterful plan. And as we celebrate this season and sometimes get a little stuck on ourselves, Lord, may we remove ourselves and share the gift of you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.